Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scath. He's Mike Worman. Today we will uh, get into the uh, Royals like mid-season grade um, post All Star break now, uh, and talk a little bit about the um, some NFL offseason news. Uh, but we'll lead with, I guess, the conclusion of our about five week discussion about the MLB draft. And uh, we now have results from the 20 rounds. Grades yes. are in from uh, some independent sources or not so independent sources, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the sources that are making the draft list prospects. And then yeah. how well did those draft list prospect picks? Well, how did the major, the major league team picks match up with the draft lists that the, that those people made? And so whoever got the closest to their ideas gets to be the best. Yes. Raider. And right. whoever gets like the number one pick will have a you know if it's if it's a person they like they always get also. But at this yeah. point, there's really the only way to evaluate it before they play a single game for the. This, it's is kind yeah, of it's worthless kind of evaluating it. But so you, you kind of will be like maybe looking back at this every so often to try to see, yeah, you know if any of this analysis is correct or not. But the, I, uh, I, yeah, I guess first impressions matter for something. But like, yeah, this is not like, really. I mean, I, we talk about how like do, do how dumb in, NFL draft grades are. Right do, after the draft, in, in, in NBA or um, NH, uh, NCAA polls matter to you? Like, is that uh, is that something that you care about? When I was a kid, I did. Yeah, um, it matters. I guess not very much, but like that was a big deal for a while. Like, like well, before the BCS and stuff like that, the polls were very important because that would determine like national championship matchups or like who was the national champion like there were two guys two teams that were tied that were undefeated you know which one that they think was better you know that would determine it in football especially yeah in basketball like you want to get high seeds and stuff and be number one i think it was it was the rankings yeah. were fun and i enjoy it but like the draft right like actually measure because those actually at least measured performance well it's pretty it's projected performance with no or well, preseason. Like, I guess the pre time, right? So I guess the preseason drafts are projected performance, and you could say that yeah. those might have an outsized influence on later ranking lists. Even it's so like a team that was ranked highly at the beginning, yeah, is given a grace uh, period that a team that was lower ranked would and not, then, and then maybe lose the first game, they'll be written off maybe for the whole season, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Major League Baseball drafts are worse be simply because because like you know they have major league baseball power rankings because at least those measure like the performance of the team this season yeah. rather than like something that like you have no idea how the players are going to do until right. five years after the draft at least and and yeah somewhere in that area it's, it's yeah it's silly or to like compare like, drafts to each other, at least anyway, it takes yeah closer to five five to six years to start to analyze it. But yeah, so I I, I don't probably the big I, story though for at least at least from the um, initial part of the, uh, the MLB draft, um, teammates were drafted one two, um, maybe not the order that uh, it seemed like the experts were projecting. Right, Paul Skeens ended up Skeens was thought maybe to be number two or maybe number three. I think, um, and uh, but the Skeens right-handed pitcher from LSU went to the yep. Pirates. Uh, he was 
number one on a lot of lists though, especially kind of coming Well, Dylan Cruz was second, maybe. But like I, th I think people th also thought that the Florida outfielder Langford was going to be top three, and uh, high school player um, Max Clark was um, from uh, the Tigers picked at number three. But yeah, uh, that was the first. That was a high school pit player, and the Royals also picked high school player for their first draft mm. pick, eight, um, Blake Mitchell. Do you, what do you think of the Blake Mitchell selection? Well, I was, what I what I would say is the lead in would be that uh, of the the t first ten picks in the draft, only one team went outside the top ten prospects uh, from the rankings on MLB, and it was the Royals, who did go down to the what fourteenth pick, fourteenth projected pick prospect ranked prospect to get yeah. Blake Mitchell. Uh, yeah, it's a big gamble, I think, anyway, at least. But, you know, it seems like he has a lot of skills. He throws 90 miles an hour plus 93, 95 from the mound. Yeah. So maybe there's more than one way they could use him, but uh, he is a catcher. And so it seems as though they're thinking about Sal Perez potentially, you know, catching less or maybe being retiring at the time that. Um, mm -hmm. Blake Mitchell would be, you know, approaching the major leagues. That seems Did to you see that Blake Mitchell wow. was also selected, was also going to go to LSU? No, I where, he, where he had signed. Yeah. And uh, the LSU, I see an LSU article, um, he was the number, they said number eight high school prospect, number one catcher in the country. He was the number one recruit in the state of Texas. Hmm. So, for college, though. Yeah, for college. What do you call it? But like so, like yeah. that's pretty good. But you know, yes. usually, at least he's from Tech. You know, the idea was well, at least one point. You don't want to pick a northern player as much as a southern player. Like mm. you want Florida or Texas or California because those kids can play baseball all year round. And yeah, the um, level of competition they're going against is probably higher too. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah. They, oh, who was the Royals? The Royals had was a Chris Chris Lubansky. Remember him mm. as a first round pick. He was from like Massachusetts or somewhere. Um, and oh, Pennsylvania. He was from Pennsylvania. And uh people thought he was he was the fifth overall pick in two thousand three. And he was from Norristown, Kath Kennedy Kenrick Catholic. Can you say Kennedy Kenrick Catholic? No, I'm not uh, three times fast. No, can't do it. Kennedy can't Kennedy be done. Catholic. That's really hard to say. Um, but yeah, wasn't Mike Piazza also from Nor Nor Norristown, Pennsylvania? No we idea. We talked about we talked about him recently in, the, in no. relation to Tommy Basorta. Mm. Um, and uh. Yeah, he was from he uh was born in Norristown. Yeah. Okay. So hey, that was a connection. But yeah. but, but uh it I'm surprised I remembered uh that from a few weeks ago. But yeah, he wasn't he, he was Tommy Lasorda's godson or something like right. that. And they were both from Norristown, Pennsylvania, which is near Philly. And Chris Lubansky was from Norristown. Also from there. But Piazza was like, was he was he sixty? 
Yeah, 60 round. Yeah, 59, 60th round, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but uh, the, the Lubansky one never paid off because mm. he was um, 62nd round, 62nd round. Uh, because people thought, well, he he never he didn't develop very quickly, and that was maybe also a problem with Bubba Starling. They thought also mm. from Kansas, like high school player from a northern state, wouldn't necessarily do so well. I don't, I don't, I don't know that that actually means <laughs> that seems maybe more granular than you would think. But I, I think I, I've maybe. seen that discussion before. So like, if we. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want you want a player who is from uh, like you who plays baseball. You can play baseball year round, I guess. Is the technique. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, oh, Mazzucato was another one last year. Like, he's from Connecticut. But aren't they playing year round all the time anyway? For all these guys, I mean, yeah, why and like why they be ranked so, if they were? And like Mike right. Trout was from New Jersey, so like you know yeah. he was pretty good, but. But in this draft, the Royals sort of maybe skipped who was probably the highest rated catching prospect was a college senior, Junior Teal, was available, but the Royals did not pick him. Instead, went down to get a high school player, which I did not heard this before that draft, but uh, analysts were very quickly to to note that high school catchers are apparently the lowest success rate for major league for prospects to become major leaguers is that concerning to you that the royals would have picked into this group when they didn't have to but that was the guy they wanted yes you could say well each individual player is different um prior to patrick mahomes it was said well a texas tech quarterback is not a good quarterback or a big 12 quarterback is not somebody you should draft like it's like these like if you just predict like oh this this like there's those players have nothing to do with each other, you know. Like they're like there's there's not a connection at all. Like individual player categorizing like you, things that you're just categorizing it and like yeah. saying, well, people with you know, I would say you know, you could probably even say like people with the last name that starts with a certain letter are not as good as people whose last name starts with other letters, and just and there's not much. You well, know, they did that with um what blue eyes for quarterbacks at one time, right? Light colored eyes, oh yeah, and uh, or in, in um, fielding positions in baseball, even I think too, they said that the um, people with lighter colored eyes performed worse in uh, day games, mm. which is, seems a little strange. <laughs> yeah, so in some places it says first initial. Of, I'm I'm seeing um, on this article first initial of last name could foretell one's success or setback mm. in life, and. Those with names of in the latter half of the alphabet, like us, mm-hmm. are negatively impacted. The occurrence that can begin in early age, I guess, because people used to sit in alphabetical order and we would be stuck in the back. Like, if they ask questions, they start with the A's and B's. And then, sure. especially someone with the W, we're, you know, pretty far back. I was, la- I was like last alphabetically quite a bit, or second or third to last, usually in most of my classes. Um, I wouldn't have been quite last because uh, you would have been there too. So yeah, it says right. if your name is at the end of the alphabet, you're less likely to be identified as by teachers as outstanding students. I don't know about that necessarily. Maybe, yeah. um, but this is from 1957 through 2011. So I would say the earlier years, maybe because 
they did yeah. stuff so much alphabetically and they did it was so regimented and yeah. um but there's also this idea that people with i think this was a this was a um malcolm gladwell idea that people born earlier in the year do better than people born later in the year in like hockey especially mm. because hockey divisions are um are, are divided in calendar year so like yeah. especially when you're a little kid somebody who like you're seven years old and you're born in january you play a, a kid that's was born in december well you're like almost a year older than and you're gonna do yeah a lot uh better probably because you especially as so even as time goes on you still have had, had more practice basically um, right so i don't know when when was blake walters uh blake mitchell um drafted i mean when was he born do you know uh august 3rd 2004 2004 mike 2004 so he is going to be 19 yes um, so you could all you could say that he was old, older on the older side for his high school class sure. because he was because he would have turned eighteen before he started his senior year in high school. Yeah, and maybe that's so that may be a good sign, or it might be a false positive because he's been a little bit older than his competition. Right, um, but it maybe it builds up confidence though. It's one of those. Yeah, it wasn't it was a Malcolm Gladwell thing? I can't remember. Yeah. Well, it can go one of more than one way, right? So maybe it was freaking out. Maybe it was freakonomics. So it was either freakonomics or they're, they're the same, basically. Uh, okay. Types of, of, of thinking. the analysis is similar, right? So yeah, pop kind of pop economic or mathematical kind of uh, distributions and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it it um, um, it did look like a lot of high school players were drafted pretty high this year, though. I think more than expected. Were you surprised? How many well, high school kids were drafted? I thought it would be mostly college kids. Yeah. But I thought that the Royals would draft a lot of high school. Um, because I thought they would try to do something different from what other teams yeah. would be doing because it seems like the smart money is on college players. But as we talked about last year or last week, uh, in your development cycle though, right? So if you need yeah, you want somebody that's younger, you know, though, too, get yeah. people higher in the system faster, you should be drafting college kids. If you're if you're more patient, like oh, I just won a championship, I don't need you know new major leaguers right away. Maybe you draft more high school kids and get more potential upside, but you know maybe you know lower. Yeah. So the idea is yeah, high schools are, are more hit or miss and maybe college players. But like remember the last the last time the Royals were in kind of this situation or one of the, a similar time when they had a not the, like the highest, highest pick, but also fairly high in the first round. Uh one it reminds me of the Christian Cologne draft when Cologne was picked, I think 2010 at number four or number five. Was he four overall? I think we I think we, I think four. Yeah. Was four. Like Man Machado was number three, and right. Bryce Harper was number one. It's so like uh Chris Sale was later. He was like prospect that was probably ranked higher than cologne in a lot of things but cologne was seen as a high floor uh prospect as a shortstop even though he was slow and had no power and was small uh, <laughs> and you know I, I think you mentioned that you wouldn't have traded that cologne pick for anybody because of cologne's um no, I, don't think, I didn't say that Oh, I, I, I would say you could justify the pick based on the outcome it. of his performance in it, specifically two games that changed the Royals' fortune. 
That's what I yeah. would say. You, you, you think, okay, so would you have selected? So I, so I would say, high- even though the pick was not great like for his career, I'd still call him a Royals Hall of Famer because of his performance in those two games. Okay. Would you instead, though, uh, would you rather have Chris Sale? Yes. Who's been... Uh, the, the team would have been better across the those years probably with Sale than... Chris Sale was drafted in 2010, and he actually made the majors in 2010. Yeah. So if you want somebody who was low risk, it seems like Sale probably was, because he was already... Uh, he and he was a college player um, at that point, at least. Uh, yeah, he, he made 21 appearances in 2010. Wow. And then another 58 as a reliever, so he still he so he kind of had the Brandon Finnegan um, pathway, like start out very early as a reliever in the Ooh. in the league, and then maybe we're gonna tr- like I think that's what the Royals would have done with Finnegan, tried to transition him into a starter, but uh, they decided to trade for Johnny Cueto, twenty fifteen. But if they if they had uh, Sale, they might not have traded for Cueto, and uh, they may not have needed to do any of that, right? Yeah, or maybe um, they would have ruined Sale before he even got to the majors. That's, I doubt it, since he made it so quickly. It's not a developmental issue, right? It's a yeah. He was apparently was by, a skill by age twenty three in twenty twenty in twenty twelve. He was an all star, um, six in the Cy Young, and then for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row, he was um. No worse than top six in the Cy Young. So he was, yeah. yeah, he's he's had not so great success after reaching age 30, basically. He's kind of fallen yeah. off. Well, he's been injury, a lot. Injury cliff. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. He was the like, like he was the best available, probably. Uh now knowing, sure. knowing performance, right? Exactly. Hindsight. But, but he was also ranked just as highly and yeah. By your estimation, I think, well, he was a left-handed pitcher. I think there was Drew, Drew Pomerantz was taken second or fifth or something. He was taken higher, but um, he, was, he was taken yeah around there. But I think the the thought was that he and yeah Pomerantz and Sale would be the first two pitchers off the board, I believe. And it was kind of a toss-up as to which one would go higher than the other. I believe is what the. Uh, yeah, or, I, that sounds familiar to me too. And oh, well, of the left-handed pitchers at least, um, uh, James and Tyon was I, taken. Uh, was there too? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he, he did had. Yeah, he's not had a really great career. He's he's kind of hung around. Yeah, and, and kind of made a mini kind of comeback in the last couple of years. Now he's on the White Sox, but he's not doing very well for the White Sox this year. But no. he had a solid season for the Mets last year. Really, so no one like, in the White Sox is really doing that well, though. So it's so. yeah. Well, compared to the Royals, the White Sox are doing pretty well. Uh, maybe the Royals should have kept Pedro Griffol. Uh, do you think that maybe Pedro uh, Griffol has ruined the White Sox? Yeah, know. maybe. Yes. Um, do you think he has? Well, this is one of those questions that might. Okay, so. Um, do you think he has made both teams worse by leaving the Royals? <laughs> he made mm. the Royals worse, but he also made the White Sox worse by coming to the White Sox mm. because the Royals were so much worse than the. Because, like, maybe you could say that Griffol was an above average influence on the Royals, mm. but he's a below average influence on 
White Sox. I think you could make that argument. I don't think he had anything to do with with either of the things, but I think the White Sox organization is kind of a mess. And yeah. the Royals are, I think, apparently have not actually free of the Dayton Moore influence. Yeah, they they, they it, seem to pick a lot of high school guys and people with similar names in this. Yes. <laughs> Three Blakes drafted in the, in the uh, Royals selection. Three Blakes. It was Blake Mitchell. Blake Walters. Blake Walters. And then their 20th pick was uh, Blake Wilson. Blake Wilson. Wilson, Walters, and so they're all BW or BM, which mm-hmm. isn't a great set of initials. Um, it reminds me of a story you used, to, you used to tell of your parents thinking of naming you Andrew Scott Scaff. Was that was that was that a joke or was that uh, a, a a thought until the initials uh, were, were 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 sent? I'm not. I'm not sure. Actually, I don't. I don't know. Actually, if, uh, maybe maybe they were just messing with me or something. At one probably time. they had David Scott. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things you would start. Like you'd think you'd see that kind of immediately. Probably, but uh, David Andrew Skiff. Um, who was the most successful Blake in Major League Ooh. history? No clue. Apparently, there are. Uh, Blake Snell is a pretty good player. Yeah, yes. Um, Blake Trinan, 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 Trinan. Really pitching. I've heard it both ways. I can't. I never remember what it is. I think it's Trinan. Yeah. Yeah. Blake Lolly. No, none of that one. Um, looks like nobody. A lot of people were given the name Blake. But then they like I guess maybe when they were born Blake Stein, his given name was I guess William Blake Stein I guess mm-hmm. a, uh, and Blake Stein former Royal, um, yes, another a fa- oh he was a high he was only sixth, like he was sixth round pick of the Cardinals he wasn't actually picked by the Royals, hmm. and he went to the o- oh he went to Oakland he was one of those uh, like Jermaine Dye trades or something like when like the, when when the Royals were trading their best players to Oakland every year basically they went it was the Damon or Dye or whoever happened to be good on the Royals and the Royals would get like really bad return like Terrence Long or you know somebody that was like long in the tooth or like seemed yeah. like they were pretty good but Billy Bean would kind of fleece them but the Royals did actually do better we need we needed um, more uh, utility infielders and. Right, that was yeah. the, that's the position group that uh, that we really needed a lot of. Yeah, that, yeah, the Royals were yeah they they could always use more like mid middling to below average players. Uh, there's a guy named Sheriff Blake who played in the majors. I think he played the most years of any Blake. Sheriff Blake, hmm. aka. Don something Blake, uh, but he was uh, born in Beckley, West Virginia. Um, or he died in Beckley, West Virginia. He was born in West Virginia, um, which he was worth ten WAR over. I don't know if he's the most successful. Blake Snell is probably the most successful, but uh, Sheriff Blake, John Frederick Blake, uh, was the longest lasting. Mm. Well, it's the last, the last name of Blake. So it's a little right. But Blake Walters, Blake Mitchell. Like Wilson. Wilson. Do you have any uh Robert Blake? Do you have any 
any idea which Blake is going to be better? Uh, well, it seems like no, I, I really have no clue. Uh, it seemed like the second pick, Blake Walters, is like more like in line with um, you know, prospect ranking to the pick selection at least. That was probably the closest that they that the Royals had in most of the uh, selections, anyway. Is so like what the expected prospect draft would be. So they, yeah, they've got a little bit of value there. I guess he's another pretty hard throwing right-handed pitcher. Um, I might say Walters right now, but I really have no clue. There's no way to know. How how can you know, right? Do you have a guess as to who which Blake will be the best? Um, to the majors. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say is Mitchell. I Mitchell. think the Royals really hit it out of the park with their uh high school catcher. Uh when they were maligned for picking the high school catcher, it reminds me of the being maligned for picking uh the high school pitcher. And when they and then when they went safe, they ended up with Christian Cologne, who sucked. Yes. But, uh, when they reached on a high school player rather than going safe on a college player, I think they've been better. Yeah. They have they've had some good college players like Alex Gordon. So do you, do you think though that um, you know that if you're trying to evaluate the general manager, say in a couple years, would you say that you know the people that 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 um, you know he skipped over to make the selection? If any of them end up having better careers than the guy that he picked, those are all chances that for this pick to be a failure. Then is that somewhat? I, see, I think I see it a bit that way, at least anyway. I think somewhat you do that. I think you can say everyone's not gonna there if you have more hits than misses, like yeah. And like, so if you pick a guy lower than other people, like if you pick a guy higher than other people would have, and he does and he does really well, I think that's a win for you. Also, if you pick a guy lower than other people, a lot of people thought, and he does um, well for you, I think that's an that's, that's good in another way. That's yeah. kind of good in the fact that you weren't incompetent, right? Unlike the team, all these other teams. And but if you pick a guy that is higher, and it's a risk, and he does really well, that shows that you are savvy, um, like a positive savvy, rather than like a just like oh you're just not as bad as these other people because like you yeah. could say like. The Tom Brady pick in the sixth round of the yeah. NFL draft, that doesn't mean that the Patriots were good at drafting. They were terrible at drafting because they got Tom Brady in the sixth round. They should have drafted him in the first round right. because he was the best player by far. And, you know, if any team could, like, you know, you know, do well, like, so it's like kind of like Mahomes, like the Chiefs went up and got him higher than most people would have picked him, and he did better even than that. Right. Um, Although you could also say the Chiefs should have tried to go to number one or you know as high as possible, but maybe again you could say well you have to you know manage it and things like that. But if you assume that other people know what they're doing, yeah. um, maybe number ten was too low. Yeah. So in this scenario, though, you know they did pass over a catcher who was expected to be a better prospect and closer to the major leagues. If he ends up being even okay, gets the major leagues first. As expected, I think this pick's going to look pretty bad pretty fast, potentially. Well, but it it's, could, like, it's like every every person that he passed over is a chance for that to be a failure. It's, and it's, it's, he's actually looking like at a very low percentage to be right, though, too, right? 
as a well, as a general manager making this. You could also say that about Patrick Mahomes. Really good. Remember, remember Deshaun Watson was, was the, the, everybody thought the Chiefs were going to take Deshaun Watson uh, because that was the second. They skipped over Deshaun Watson to get Mahomes. Mahomes sat on the bench the whole year, and Deshaun Watson actually started several games, and yeah. he was really good that first year. Everybody thought, oh, you know, maybe Watson maybe was missed, and then and then of course Watson. You know, it's like that early, even that early, like you know, being there first doesn't make doesn't mean that not necessarily meaningful. Yeah, but. Yeah. But it could, but it could be, you know, it could be at least, and it's another, it's the next point that you might evaluate. I hope, I, I yeah, I hope the royal, I hope um, Mitchell turns out to be better than Teal. I do not hope that Teal, however, uh, turns into uh, off the field. Um, Sean Watson. I hope, I hope he has a uh, outstanding. He's an outstanding citizen and a uh, high quality. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but I would I, I I would like to see the you know that that win for uh, the Royals because yeah like you know when they went safe in college at least in my in in my memory and I don't remember every draft pick that well but um, yeah that was that was the Christian Cologne draft and they went when yeah. they went um, you know they go risky in high school a lot but and you miss a lot of those but. Well, I mean, just from the from the drafts that we looked at the last thirteen seasons, you know, they have not been good at selecting players. And Dayton no. and JJ Piccolo have been the guys in charge of all of those drafts. And I don't know why we should trust Piccolo's selections in any way based on performance that we've already, you know, seen at least anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to like like we mentioned before though. Is it is it drafting or is it developing? And now the Royals have, you could say, well, maybe it was development and Piccolo is continuing good drafting that Moore had, but now they have different people running the minor leagues mostly. Yeah. It's, and you could say, well, maybe it's just a development thing. And but the I guess problem we'll with the argument there is that Piccolo was the person that was in charge of player development when Moore was the GM. So, you know, he's left it in a, capacity that does not seem like it's you know capable of developing players now not only is he not is he has he set the tone for the development system but also is now drafting the players himself so why do we think that he's going to be able to do any of this yeah it's one of those things where like even when the royals were really good their drafting really sucked yeah um like their first round draft picks. Let me run through these first round draft picks, like in like the Royals. Uh, um, the day Moore era started in two thousand seven. If that helps, two thousand seven. Oh, I was thinking actually the seventies and eighties. No. The Royals were good, and when they drafted number one first round versus other rounds. Okay, so they had a really good first round draft pick in nineteen seventy four with Willie Wilson. Uh, and then they didn't get that much out of the rest of the drafts. Cuts. That they signed. So Willie Wilson was uh, 74. 75 was Clint Hurdle. I don't know if you remember yeah. him. He was supposed huge. to be the, a huge star, but he's a manager. He was, yeah, he was a manager, manager, but he only had 2.7 war in his whole career. Mm-hmm. 76, Ben Griesbeck. Uh, no uh, war, never made it. The Royals draft that year, the number one player was Ken Phelps. Do you remember him? He was traded to the Mariners, and then the Mariners traded uh, oh, the Yankees, and Yankees traded Jay Buhner uh, for Ken Phelps 
and uh, Frank Costanza got really mad that uh, George Steinbrenner uh, created Jane Mueller. You know, a rocket for an arm, and he, you know, and uh, my my baseball guys like Ken Phelps back. They like Ken Phelps. Uh, so that's that's their best. He had nine point four WAR. Uh, so that was a the only other. They only had two people who made the majors from the nineteen seventy six draft for the Royals. That seems well, right? Well, that, I mean, those were those were like perennial playoff teams there too. So they probably didn't really care that much about development. Maybe in some of I, those seasons, at least, anyway. Nineteen seventy. Seven, they have the highest ranked war player who made the majors was 0.0. Yeah, that's that's not great. Made the majors, did not contribute anything to the majors. Apparently. He played in one, he actually played in one game, had one at bat. Yeah. Um, but Mike Jones was their number one, was the number one pick that year. Uh, and he, uh, he played a few seasons, he played a little bit for the Royals, 71 games. Um, but then 1978, number one overall pick, Buddy Biancolana, who sucked. Uh, he had a funny name, but yeah, he was like, he, like the, the shortstop position was so terrible as an offensive position for the Royals. Like it was Onyx Concepcion or Angel Salazar or you know, like all these like really bad hitting players. Um, that continued on for quite Carter. some time, though. And it wasn't just that era. The Terry <laughs> Shumpert years, the uh, yeah. David Howard. David yeah. Howard. The Royals', yes. the Royals best draft pick in 1978 was Frank Viola, who didn't sign. Uh, he was a good player in the city. Yeah. Like 79, let's say 79 draft pick. Atlee Hamaker, who had less than 10 war, and he played mostly for the Giants. Um, like, so like, it's one of those things, like, even like in the glory days, their draft is terrible. Frank Wills was number in 1980, less than one war, first round draft pick. 81, Dave Leeper, we mentioned, I think. Right. Before we went on the air, was minus 1.2. Mark Gubza was second round. Yeah. Um, and David Cohn was oh, third cool. round that year. And Shane Mack, who never signed with the Royals, was a solid player for a while, um, was in the fourth round. So, but um, even like the picks. Will Clark was a fourth round draft pick for the Royals, but he didn't sign. Mm. But they had I think a guy named John Morris in the first round who had minus 0.6 war. Um, Gary Thurman, 1983 overall first round pick. I remember you were high on Gary, Gary Thurman at one point when we were very little. I think you had a card of his, but he was minus 2.8 war in his career. I think he came he came to the uh, baseball card shop and I had an That's what it was. Yeah, you were Yeah. He may have been like the first major leaguer that I like saw in yeah. person, I think. <laughs> yeah. Then there was yeah. Scott Bankhead. You might remember he was traded to the um Mariners before he I think started with the Royals or just barely started with the Royals. Yeah. Um Ryan McRae and, and Mike McFarlane were in the same draft. The Royals also drafted Deion Sanders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in eighty five. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was the that was the year before they drafted Bo Jackson. Right, yeah, round four. Yeah, but Tony Clements was number one overall pick. Mm. He never made it. Yeah, so like it's so like I don't know the the draft is is a crapshoot, and even like when mm. Kevin Apier was a good one in in 1987, and there's Terry Shumpert in uh in almost 900 games, Shumpert was minus 0.2 WAR. So that's a lot of games for being a below replacement yeah. level. So like anyway, I, I guess we were just we're going on too long for the Royals draft, but like we have no idea really. And right. 
great. Well, mostly, this is just to note what you know our immediate thoughts are, right? Yeah, and, you know, it seemed like they went as they went through the draft. Like at least that they, you know, one of the things I was like disappointed to see, at least anyway, was that they didn't get anywhere close to the uh, you know prospect expectation numbers from like the third and fourth picks too. They picked way down. The number 66 pick, they took the 129th ranked pick. The 75th pick of the draft, they took the 234th projected mm. pick. So they were, I mean, seemingly trying to save money on the slot value to try to draft people later, which that, you know, they got a 56 in the fourth round, which is, you know, better. Somebody had slid that far, at least anyway. Yeah, it's it's so, you know I, it still seems like they're probably going to come under the the salary expectations for the slot values added across the draft. So it looks as though they probably are underspending on the minor league system is probably what the expectation would be from right now at least anyway. But we'll see we'll see how that you know shakes out over the next couple months. Yeah. And when they sign and when the players sign. I think their later picks that were seen as. Um, picks that they could sign for more money because they maybe they were like higher ranked prospects, but people thought they were going to go to college, so they they were a riskier yeah. sign rather than a riskier player. So, like, so maybe in that section of the draft, they actually took mostly college players, and then there were a few high school players they took even later in the middle part of the draft. They were they were mostly college players. Yeah, mostly- I was thinking of the lowest of the low rounds, like. Um, they went in, back to high school at the, towards the end. Yeah, 18, 19, and 20. Yes. Uh, we're very Stone young. Russell, Donovan LaSalle, and Blake Wilson were, were all high school. Yes. Um, and then, like, the middle, yeah. Mostly college players in the in yeah. the bulk of the, uh, what, four through picks in the fourth round through their, like, 16th round or 17th round were all college players. Yeah, sometimes those college seniors can be good picks because they have no leverage. They can't go back to school and they can't yes, right. do anything else. So, like, you just give them like $5,000 signing bonus and then pay them peanuts for a while. And then, like, yeah. maybe they turn into Whit Merrifield or something like that. Right. Um, and uh, so we, we had made a prediction about how many pitchers would be taken in the draft by the Royals. Yes. I think I said 13. I said 11. And the number was 11. But well, there was a two-way player taken, so it's actually twelve, and so it split the difference. I think between our and if you want, neither of us were right, Mitchell. but also neither of us were wrong. Something yeah. like that, or you could even say Blake Mitchell is a two-way player because uh, he was seen as uh, having a strong arm. But but I'll but I'll I'll take the split the difference. I think they've um, also said that that the second round pick Walters may also play first base or something though too. So. That could go. Maybe there's like four Shohei Atanis on on the team. I think they they said there were close to, I think, 10 or so players taken in the draft that are considered two A players. So that seems to be like a more popular concept, at least because Mm -hmm. of Otani, right? Yeah. I think we'll we'll think we'll see a lot more people trying to do that, at least anyway. That's a little, that's interesting because you would, you would say that in most sports, specialization is occurring more and mm-hmm. like in football especially uh you don't see any two-way players or really? anybody who does like kicking and punting anymore really johnny hecker i kind of did for a while but like you know they'll do the pooch punter but maybe they, you don't really even see the punter kicking off in the 
um, kickoff game anymore. Like, like kind of, there'd be like a kick, kick uh, specialist. would be like a kick specialist, I guess. So, yeah. or something. Or the punter would be the guy who did the kickoffs. Um, you see, now it's more really just. I mean, it's just roster construction. Although I guess you could say it's specialization. There's not. There's less specialization in some parts because you don't have a fullback very much anymore. And you yeah. think, oh, the tight end can play fullback, or the tight end's kind of a hybrid wide receiver, and you want these kind of in between guys. So maybe it's yeah. maybe it's going back the other way to a tight end like a like a fullback if they're in motion and they you know start the play when they're yeah. sort of about where the fullback would be when they're like you know crossing yeah. whatever, right for going me. back to the total football uh, yes. school of the 1970s Dutch yes. uh, teams. Is that what we're aiming for now? Amsterdam, yeah, yeah. We want, we want. Um, well, I guess Lavar Jack. You know, like quarterbacks have become more running uh, about running and passing. You know, and in some ways, that's like a back to the future because, like, in you know the early days of football, the quarterback did run it more than he passed, mm. and and it's like, and, and for some reason, it's seen it's seen as a modern innovation, but really, it's not because teams were much more run heavy and so they would run the quarterbacks would be mobile but they wouldn't be like great passers and great throwers you pick right yeah sure yeah i don't know so oh the, anyways, we the royals maybe, maybe well maybe the final note on the draft before we move on uh there was there was a grade from bleacher report Shortly after the draft, uh, they did rank the uh, Royals draft as a C minus, which was the lowest grade given. We don't necessarily, you know, know that this is going to be accurate or not, but maybe we should, you know, save this grade to look back on it in a couple of years and see if Bleacher yeah. Report knows what they're talking about or not. It'll it'll look like well, the idea. Hopefully, it'll look like the Mahomes Chiefs draft when uh, the Chiefs reached for Mahomes and. He was like a C. People gave the Chiefs draft like a C ish, because oh, Deshaun Watson was available. Yeah. Why did they get him? You know, uh, and like people thought, oh, Trubisky, he's the best quarterback. So that was a good draft by the uh, Bears. But it, but in that case, though, you know, the the Chiefs had won enough games that they would not have gotten Mahomes unless they made a trade to move up to go get yeah. him. Where here, the Royals lost so many games that they earned. Well, they should have earned the fifth pick in the draft, but instead, because of the draft rules for this year, you know, lost out to the eighth pick because of the lottery. But then they went down and took the 14th pick without, you know, getting anything for doing that. So, like, they could have won a lot more games and still gotten this particular pick. I don't like seeing that as a strategy. Well, because we don't need to be losing this much to do the draft strategy that Piccolo wants to do. And I don't like seeing that just because if you're going to lose that much, you'd hope that you'd get, you know, something who is projected to be the best guy or near the best player in the draft. Well, Mitchell was the best high school catcher, but not the Uh, best catcher. Well, he was, he was, there were only two catchers like in the top 100. And yeah. so he was, and he was like 14. So like you would say, well, well, he, and he was probably 14 because a lot of people thought of him as being riskier than the college guy, but maybe he has more upside. And if you think he's good, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think but the um, other guy was seven, you picked eight, somebody that the guy, the team that was seven picked somebody at, you know, nine. So the seven was still available. You could have actually you actually got access to a guy that was but, ranked but, higher than your slot. 
That's also to, saying that the those rankings are position. doing a good job. It's just a lot of risk. You're just taking you no unnecessary idea. risk as a GM, I think. That's my opinion, at least. Well, you, it could also be that uh, Mitchell was going to be taking the next pick, they thought, by the ninth team or whatever. I, so, like, but if you're no drafting idea. based on what you think a team behind you in the draft is doing, then you're still stupid. That's very I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to say this is the world's best draft in years. Yeah. And that's – and I'm very – on it right now i i don't think what would what, you say i'm very pessimistic on it now I, i'm pretty optimistic I about it because partly I think, because I think I think it, looked, it looks more like dayton moore is still there and i yeah the whole point of him not being here was to not have dayton moore decisions being made and this looks like dayton moore to me i like the negative reaction because i think there's no correlation between the draft grade immediately and how that does later and if anything it makes me more excited because it would prove that like the uh pundits i guess wrong but yeah. none of those people have any real knowledge so, like it's it's one of those things where like yeah you know, including like, us we don't it's know easy yeah i think it's easy to say well i told you so but you have no real basis of the i told you so until you know because like, it could be anything there's like you sure. know sure and even when teams are good their drafts usually suck and you happen to get like one player that's good or you make some trade of a player that some other team drafted or you make an international signing that was good and like yeah. you know it's it's i don't um well the, probably the most like, important player the royals have taken in quite some time has been sal and he didn't come to the draft right no. so there's always that and really the royals unless they've had like a top two or three pick they haven't had real success um from the draft and hitters like you know hosmer was two i think gordon was two um, yeah yeah he was like seven or something but um but when they take a hitter really really high usually he's been except for cologne um Mustakas was a three i think overall yeah. um so but yeah it's it's such a crapshoot and yes. i don't i i think we probably shouldn't if, even have spent this much time talking about it but well it's also one of those things like where we could say like why even have a scouting department when it's such a crapshoot why not just follow those lists yeah, but if it turns out better this time, they they didn't follow the list. Maybe like I guess if you if it's your first time, maybe you want to you want to take a risk. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe next year he should just uh, find the MLB.com list yeah. and pick. Just take the best available. Just try it. Just give it a shot. But the Royals got a C minus in the draft. I think they got even worse grades according to uh, ESPN about their season progress so far. Right? They. They did. They I believe they also received the lowest grade in yes, in the ESPN plus article ranking the midseason scores for all teams. Royals received an F minus, like F minus. Lower than the Oakland A's even. So Yeah, I guess it's because of expectations everybody knew the A's were gonna be terrible. Uh, but they didn't think the Royals would. They didn't think the Royals would be good. But I don't think people thought the Royals would be this bad, like, like historically bad. So I kind of agree with. I don't know if I don't. I don't know if F minus is a. It's not really a grade. That's not. That's not real. I don't. Uh, I so uh, right. it's one of those things that giving one hundred ten percent. You can't. You can't fail. Plus, um, right, which is what an F minus. Yeah, I do worse than failure. So I, I think of F minus would actually be up in some ways. If you're a failing grade, it's a super fail. So you would think that you would add to the fail, but 
maybe, or I guess I don't know. I don't know. Lower than because you're skipping because because really it's A B C D and F. So like F is not really a grade because if it were a grade it would be E and uh, and that would be the failing grade would be. But it's but they decided to call it fail rather than. Because A, A, B, C, D, they don't stand for anything, but yeah. F stands for fail. So it's it's like its own, it's it's a letter, but it's only a letter because all the other things are letters. Yeah. Uh, so it's not, so I would say it's not really a grade, you know? Um, that's my, that's that's my theory. I don't know where that came, I don't know where, well, exactly where that came. So that's, that's something you could fail plus, F plus yeah. would be fine because it's, it's it would be its own scale. Super yeah. But still, the lowest grade on the midseason report card for the major league team the lowest grade for the draft post draft analysis it's not looking so great as of today no as a royals but, fan. yeah yeah um or would you take this one positive note from the royals they did win the final game before the all-star break the All-Star break was four days long. Tonight's game, we're recording this on a Friday night, was rained out. So they have gone now six days, calendar days, without a loss. Do you count that as a a bit of a bright spot? Uh, no, well, if if there were if there had been more than one win in that hmm. uh, window, maybe. But this was just because there was a long all star. We had the all star break, and then a rain, and then the rainouts. And so, like, it's yeah. possible the Roswell is two games in one day. Which tomorrow, like, would you say that that you know, losing two games in one day is, uh, you know, like the worst thing that could happen? But you know, it's still just two games in a row. So like, it's it doesn't really matter like how the games are spaced. They really the Royals have won one game. Even if it so, it'd be kind of funny if they lost two in one day loss. and they lost zero in the whole six days before. Um, I believe they have not gone more than two days without a loss to this point in the season until this week, Mike. I, yeah, I, I was, I'm seeing another, I'm looking at another grade for the draft. Mm. Um, this is the sporting news. They just did the first round picks. Yeah. Um, so Pirates, Skeens was an A, Dylan Cruz was an A for the Nationals. Max Clark was a B plus for the Tigers, number three. Langford was an A. The Twins, Walker Jenkins was an A. The a Oakland A's number six actually got a C plus. Hmm. Jacob Wilson, Grand Canyon. High and school. the Red, the Reds oh, got a college, yeah. Grand Canyon University. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. like a, I guess it. Well, it's one of those fake uh, online colleges, but I think they right. do have a campus. Um, but and this Reds got an A. So like everybody got an A mostly, and the Royals got a C plus. Rockies B plus. But then it's like later in the later in the draft, like. Everybody gets an A, basically, according to the sporting news. They just really didn't like that drafting the college catcher. It seems like that, like they've all laughed. High school catcher, yeah. Because uh, they even said that almost immediately in the um, MLB coverage um, on ESPN of the draft. I was I actually watched the show for a bit anyway, and uh, they they did they did mention that almost immediately. Yeah, and. I don't think so this is only five of 18 first round high school catchers since 2010 to reach the majors. There's two of positive war. Um, but yeah. I 
and those aren't the same players. And just because you were picked as a catcher doesn't mean you'll end up as a catcher either. So, right. Mike Sweeney was a catching prospect at one point. Yes. David Ortiz, I believe, was a was he a catching oh, was he a catcher know. at one point? I don't know about that. I I don't know why I'm thinking David Ortiz. Um, no, I don't. Maybe I don't know. I think I'm. I don't remember that, but I don't know. Also, no, he was no, he was always a first base DH. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I thought he was a catcher, but like you know, sometimes the catchers don't stick with catching, and right. the pitchers well, don't I mean, stick with pitching. Just looking at this this year's you know Royals roster, they've seemingly decided that MJ Melendez is going to be an outfielder. Uh, and not a catcher, so he could focus more on hitting and not having to switch positions, even though they keep flipping where he is in the outfield, either left or right. They just keep switching his forth. <laughs> so I don't know how that's supposed to be, you know, better than not catching. But also, he's been terrible in the outfield. So there's still that, you know. Yeah, so the Royals it seems like are not able to develop their talent at, at the major league level. Maybe their development stopped. Maybe the problem is major league level, their development doesn't go further. I don't know. Um, Cause it's just, yeah, the Royals are really bad. Do we want to keep talking about the Royals or do we want to move on to um, there are novelty topics involving the NFL? Well, there are this very busy NFL news week. Yeah. Yes. Probably the biggest story of the NFL this week was uh, it was not even about a current player. It was a former player, uh, former uh, longtime San Diego, then Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, and then one year with the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Philip Rivers announced he was having his 10th child uh, with his wife. They're uh, very Catholic, and so they have lots of kids. Um, and kids. What, do you, what do you think of – what do you think of uh, – Philip Rivers and his many kids, and or what do you think of uh, Philip Rivers in general? Do you think he is a potential Hall of Fame quarterback? Hmm. I mean, if they counted children as Hall of Fame credentials, then they he should go straight to the Hall of Fame now. But uh, it seems well, he's not. He's, most yeah. voters, Hall of Fame voters, tend to look at championships as the for some reason, metric for whether or not you should be in or out. Well, I think a quarterback, I think some of that is important because you want a quarterback to perform at the highest level in the biggest game. So you want them to at least have some playoff success. In some ways, winning the Super Bowl is a little bit random, but like overall, you want them to like at least have a, a solid record of leading the teams to the playoffs and then, and then winning games in the playoffs. Because quarterback is seen as like very, very important. Compared to even the other positions, so, but I think it also gets outsized by, well, it's a huge team that's usually you're usually playing you're on a team of twenty two and you don't play defense, uh, if you're a quarterback, so you're not really in control like you are in basketball or something. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, with so, himself, he now has a whole a whole team. Oh uh, yeah, he does ten plus a lot. Yeah, his uh, wife could be the. Uh, um, the the black you know be a a backup or I guess probably the baby would be a backup at this point because <laughs> a baby would be the worst football player out of the 
uh, 12 Riverses. I mean, you would assume, but I mean, maybe, maybe there's one that's very uncoordinated. You don't, you don't know. Well, anybody that can walk, I think is going to be better than a baby. Um, Anyone that can control their movements more and not commit, you know, untimely false start penalties, yeah, you know, I think would be better than, um, you know, somebody that couldn't do that. I think a little. So you, when you have more control over your gross and fine motor skills, uh, you're going to be a little bit better. But um, yeah, I would say the younger children will be the worst players. And I'm not sure how old Philip Rivers is oldest kids. Oh, I think I saw in the article. It was like 20 or so, 2021. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's pretty pretty spread out. Oh, he has a daughter who is 21. Yeah. Just turned 21 this a few days ago. So Hallie Rivers. Um, oh, so there's Hallie is 20. Caroline is 17. It's a lot of girls at first. Uh, um. Ali's 20, so she's 21 now. 17, Caroline, 16, Grace, 14, Gunner. It's mostly girls. Sarah, Peter, Rebecca, Claire, Hannah. And then I think another boy. I think it's seven. I think it's going to be seven and three um, uh, girls to boys. So not not saying that girls aren't as good football players, but um, you would, you know, you would say, well, maybe the Rivers family is pretty traditional since they have so many kids and it's probably, I would assume, a stay at home mother very catholic uh probably the male female traditional roles will be embraced more so you would think that boys would be better even if they weren't naturally disposed to be so not not as many bolo ties as you were expecting though out of the uh the full... well women, women can wear bolo ties i think uh i think linda ronstadt probably wore um yeah you know but uh, yeah, the bolo tie, that was uh, Philip Rivers' most popular fashion accessory. Um, is there anything else about Philip Rivers that you're, uh, that, that that rings a bell uh, mm-hmm. for you? That you think of, when you think of Philip Rivers, do you think of anything else besides his bolo ties, his many kids, his lengthy, solid, but maybe not overwhelmingly successful career? I think he's probably regarded as the third or as there's three I think three quarterbacks were drafted the same year as Rivers in the first round that was Roethlis, Ben Roethlisberger and then um Eli Manning was number one and Rivers was like four or five and then Roethlisberger was like 12 or 13 um of those three quarterbacks do you think one is more likely to be in the Hall of Fame than the others well how would you rank how would you rank them well I think two will end up there Possibly three, but yeah, two. It seems like Roethlisberger almost for sure will get in, and Eli probably will too. Yeah, well, Roethlisberger has championships, but that's yeah. I think that's yeah. Roethlisberger Eli's has the championships, more, but he also but. has some more stats than Manning did. I think so. I think that's probably what puts him over the top. Roethlisberger like led the NFL in passing yards sometimes, and like yeah. was a. I think he never was a first team All Pro quarterback, but. Um, it's hard to be first team all pro in the NFL because there's only one. Like it's not like the AL or NL Cy Young or AL and L NL MVP. Um, there's only yeah. one quarterback that gets it, and so you know they have Peyton Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady most of his career. So and Roethlisberger and yeah. right was there also yeah. right yeah yeah so like he was probably number four 
out of the that kind of era. But I, I, I would, you know, Eli Manning, he went to the two with the Giants, and that might put him in just because the games they beat the Patriots both times, right? Um, like if they had beaten the, um, you know, some lesser team, like you know, like oh the Raiders squeaked in or the Chargers or you know, like if they if they had beaten less like sort of lesser teams in some ways, like the Patriots beat a lot of kind of iffy NFC championship teams or like teams that only made it to one Super Bowl. Yeah. Like the Panthers. They beat the Panthers, but it was barely. And they beat the um you know, I guess they beat the Rams early on their in their second trip, but then they all beat the Rams again later. But that was the Rams only I guess that that was the Rams' first time there, or I don't know. I, it seems like they they had the Eagles. They beat when when the Eagles weren't, were the you know it was Donovan McNabb and stuff like that. So it wasn't always the best teams that they played. Yeah, in the Super Bowl, but um, you can only play the team that's that's there, though, right? More Titanic matchups yeah. in the Super Bowl because they played what was seen as like the best team in the opposing conference, or like had like big names like the 49ers were really good that year when the Chiefs played them and they were seen as that kind of deserving NFC champions and the and the and the Buccaneers of course when they lost and this year's Eagles in the league. Um I don't think that was always the case with the um Patriots but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just poo-pooing their uh, greatness. Yeah. But was just going back, it was I think because the Giants beat what was seen as the best team. Sure, that, that's that's like those were like bigger Super Bowl championships, yeah, than like regular ones, maybe. But but Eli still has two. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger had two, two. Philip Rivers had zero, and no appearances even. Right, I think he had like one AFC Championship game appearance. Yeah. Um. He did make, well, he ne- he didn't make uh, an all pro. He never made it was he never was first team all pro either. So like he was he didn't have the individual. Like it wasn't like he has had really big individual successes. But he, um, if you rank it by passing yards, Philip Rivers is is less than one thousand yards behind uh, Roethlisberger in his career. He's about seven thousand more than Peyton Manning in passing yards. Wow! In touchdowns, Rivers is one, two, three, four, five, six overall in passing touchdowns. Three, three ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. One yeah. ahead of Dan. One ahead of Dan Marino. Uh, <laughs> ahead of him are Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and. But Eli Manning is also on that list. So is Matt Ryan. I don't Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. I'm not sure Carson Palmer's not that far down. I don't know if any of those guys are necessarily gonna be Hall of Fame uh players, but um anyway, that was that was really what I wanted to talk about for football. I don't yeah. there nothing really happened other than the Jets uh restructured their defensive tack or they signed their de- young defensive tackle Quinn Williams to a new deal that supposedly might set the um, number range for Chris Jones, and some rumors say that if Chris Jones gets a new deal, there will be more salary cap space, and then the Chiefs can sign somebody like Roger Hopkins and stuff as a free agent. 
Um, you see any of that happening? Do you see any, do you see any of those things happening? Well, I Jones mean, I, deal maybe. I think they'll restructure Chris Jones's deal in what extend him for a couple of years. I think that's yeah. What, that's what they usually would end up doing here anyway, right? Yeah. Um, it seems like they will probably do that to free up some cash for something. But yeah, I don't know if they can free up enough that they would be able to get Hopkins though. Hopkins, yeah, because I think Hopkins wants what Beckham got, which is like fifteen million a year. Maybe he'll take ten or twelve. But like, I can see maybe the Chiefs will take unlike like incentives or something. Maybe like a five, and then maybe up to ten or so with incentives or eleven. Yeah. But, um, I don't, I don't really see it happening, but. I, I would be cool to have I maybe um to have of course DeAndre Hopkins one of the maybe himself a potential potential Hall of Fame um level uh wide receiver especially if he wins a champion if he wins were to win a championship yeah um whether it's with the Chiefs or another team that would that would maybe I think he's like five or five time first team All Pro wide receiver of course there are two wide receivers on the all pro team. So he's one of the top two rather yes. than one of one. But he was a really good player with a lot of not so great quarterbacks even in Houston. So I don't. But he's getting older. As are we all. As are we all. He's uh he was born in nineteen ninety two and and uh, so he is thirteen and a half years younger than us. Um, that is getting kind of old for a wide receiver, though. Yeah, unless you're Jerry Rice and play until you're like 45, right? Right, and he... and still productive in those last several years too, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. I played until he was his age 42 season. Uh, he got traded. Did you know? I don't remember him. He got traded to Seattle. In 2004, I remember him as an Oakland. He played for Oakland, but apparently he he played for Seattle at the end of the year in Ooh. 20 2004. Hmm. He didn't play like he he only had 429 year yards total in those games season, but he was traded in the middle of seasons. But yeah. I guess he wasn't getting played in Oakland, and he wanted to get traded. Yeah, it must be. Um, but yeah, he had some good seat. He had. A twelve hundred plus yard receiving season at age forty. Jerry Rice did so. That's not bad. Productive. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he had two two thousand uh, yard plus seasons with Oakland, and then almost a thousand in two thousand three when he was forty one. So he was. Um. He had a renaissance in, in Oakland with uh, Rich Gannon and. Maybe Tim Brown was still there, I think, as another kind of old uh receiver. Is Tim yeah. Brown is Tim Brown in the Hall of Fame? No idea. He is. He is in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. I, I, we we could talk about uh more football players if you wanted, but I, I, I don't really have anything else to add to today's uh Wonder Power. We're actually going to come back probably faster next week. We we had said we were going to come back faster after after last week's, but we had another uh kind of scheduling conflict. So we'll have less than a week before next week's comes out. But then we also might have a break because I'm taking the bar exam 
So uh, who knows what's going to happen in summer programming. Uh, so people who are religiously waiting every Thursday morning for our um, podcast to drop, as the kids say, um, we, might, we might we might have different days. So just just, just yeah, like stay stay uh, keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled, I guess, for your notifications uh, on. And I guess on that note, do we have anything further? Well, I think so. Well, this has been another super exciting and riveting, hard-hitting, wide-ranging uh, edition of the One Inch Truck Power Hour. And as always, I am Dr. Michael Lerman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the One Inch Truck Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our podcasts now available wherever you might listen to your podcasts but if I, you're hearing me tell you this you already know where to find um the youtube podcast so it's my advice to you is is uh, not yeah it doesn't really matter it, it's moot as you already, yeah. you already just keep up the good work right yeah keep up the good work we, we really appreciate your uh uh viewership listenership uh friendship because we'd certainly be friends with you if you uh, uh we're, we're very approachable uh, we'll, we'll appear to be. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll at least carry that illusion for people that they would be friends. Uh, Accurate. Guys, you, guys you'd have a beer with type of uh, thing. George W. Bush, why he got so many votes. Um, compared to certain, you know, John Kerry or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Just like that. And maybe that's why Joe Biden beat uh trump because even i don't know yeah yeah even like i think well i bet people would want to have people who vote anyway they'd probably want to do it but there is there is an important fact there too though is that trump doesn't drink so oh yeah and he gets those well-done steaks so maybe it wouldn't be as with ketchup it wouldn't be as fun that's the reason maybe that's what well people say well i guess we'd rather be with joe biden than Hillary, you would say. So, like that was maybe for some people, they were on that <laughs> fence. So they was like, like well, I don't want to. I really want to have a beer with Trump, but he's better than Hillary to have a beer with. But he's worse than Joe Biden, and that's why maybe they switched. Um, it was that small, that small, small segment of the um, have a beer population, uh, right? That apparently and, decides elections, though. So that apparently decides elections. The but, undecided, the undecided voter who is still um, somehow. Going back to politics, did you know that Ron DeSantis, do you know how old he is? No. He's our age. He is 44. I was going to say maybe 50-ish, but I wasn't sure. He seems like he'd be like 58 with his, like, how does somebody like that be that young? Um, But yeah, he he is September 14th, 1970. So he's about one month older than you. Wow. About three months older so what have we done with our lives, Mike? We're not governors of states. No. And the previous governor of Florida, Rick Scott, was an alumnus of North Kansas City High School. And he was the worst governor of Florida probably until DeSantis came along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're exposing our political leanings here now. But anyway, uh, on that note, uh, 
go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll reiterate or my little sign off. As always, I am Dr. Michael Warren. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warren Check Power. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel slash and uh, best of luck to your teams uh, as they emerge from the Major League Baseball All-Star break. I guess we didn't talk about the All-Star game where the National League beat the uh, American League 3-2. to But the home run derby at all. Yeah. We'll about that I didn't follow. Who won the home run derby? It was, uh, let's see, Randy Arozarena lost in the final to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Did Vlad Guerrero Sr. ever win a home run derby? He did. So they are the first father-son combo to have won okay. derbies. So you might have thought maybe it was maybe it was Cecil and Prince Fielder. Yeah. Um, Barry and Bobby. Maybe. maybe. They probably didn't have the derby back then. That's that's probably why, right? They or, maybe, they can't, or the Griffies, maybe you would could yeah. say. But um, no, yeah. So, Vlad, the Vlads, uh, are uh the best father and son home run derby tandem, um, I suppose so Definitive. far. Maybe the Dante Bichette ever win one? Will Bo Bichette be in the home run derby? I don't think mm. he's not really a big power guy in the same way that. Neither was Dante really, but well, Dante was in Colorado anyway. So yeah, everybody was. Yeah, he was in Colorado. But again, like you just said, so it was everybody. It seems like we're digressing again. We we'll we'll talk about these topics maybe if if we uh, remember them uh, next time on the warning truck hour. Um, but until we meet again, we'll wish you good day.